Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Danny Parkin Show. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I am. Thanks for hanging out on the Danny Parkin Show. Sirius 206, over 200 CBS Sports Radio affiliates across the country. At Danny Parkins on Twitter, coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. 855-212-4227 is the number at Danny Parkins on Twitter. I'm just wondering when the rules changed. I'm just curious when it became okay for people in my business to critique and opine on national television, how athletes are as parents, when it's not a news story or an issue of safety or abuse. Like, I get why when the Adrian Peterson story happens, a conversation about switches and cultural differences and whoopings in the home. Like I get why that conversation happens when the Tyreek Hill story happens. I get why that conversation happens. I get why people are interested in LeBron James's son. LeBron introduced him on Instagram. He's going to be a highly rated prospect. He is part of his dad's stated goal. LeBron's stated goal is to be playing in the NBA when Bronny makes it to the league. Like His basketball is totally fair game. But how LeBron behaves at his sporting events? Chasing fame? It being inappropriate? Disagreeing with his parenting methods? Comparing it to incidents of Todd Marinovich? The Williams sister's father, LeVar Ball, because he dunks in a layup line? That's crazy. Like, holy intellectually dishonest straw man arguments, Batman. What are we doing? I just didn't even know. It, it makes me uncomfortable. And this idea that while LeBron is on social media and he's doing it for likes and retweets, why is anyone else on social media? Like, am I missing something here? <laughs> LeBron, LeBron's just uh, talking about Taco Tuesday on the gram for all the likes. What are you doing with your Instagram? We're all on there for the likes and the retweets. But LeBron doesn't need attention. Like, oh, LeBron dunks in the layup lines to take attention away from his kids. Have you ever considered the fact that maybe the kids think it's kind of cool that LeBron James is at their games? This isn't like Bill in accounting going through the layup line, talking about how the coach in varsity just didn't give him a chance. And if he would have, things would have been different. He's LeBron James. 
It's not like my dad or your dad taking BP in Little League. Like, if my dad was Mike Trout, I bet you my friends would want him to take batting practice at Little League. My dad hit a lot of ground balls. Wasn't that exciting. I appreciated him being there. I appreciated him being willing to coach the team. But he's not exactly Aaron Judge. So, oh, you just act like a normal father. It's LeBron James at a basketball game trying to be involved with his son. I'm telling you, read the story uh, Complex had it. TMZ had it. LeBron told a kid on another team, I hope to be in the NBA when you get there. The kid broke down in tears. There are social media posts all over the place of Bronny's teammates Instagramming. LeBron has a group chat with Bronny and some of his teammates. They talk basketball. They ask him questions. He offers them support. He does shooting contests with them. Like They like it, but Jason Whitlock doesn't. It just feels, ugh. So I don't want to, I think what LeBron's doing is great. I think it's what he told Kevin Durant and Kerry Champion, that he's trying to be an involved dad and prove that he can do it and set a good example for his kids and be the father that he didn't have. But, yo, I don't want to judge LeBron James's parenting. I want to talk about the industry and, like, when did this become acceptable? Very odd to me. 855-212-4CBS is the telephone number. Let's go to Kansas City and welcome Craig to CBS Sports Radio. What up, Craig? How's KC? Hey, Danny. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you, man. Hey. Now I can't hear you, Craig. Put him back on hold, see if we can get a better line for him. Let's go to Alabama and welcome Bill to CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Bill? Uh, yeah, I agree with you 100%. If you don't have kids, don't judge the man that does because he's out there trying to be there for his son and be excited for him when he does something good or help him when he does something bad. Well, the only thing That's I'll say good. to that, the only thing I'll say to that is, Bill, like, I don't love that, oh, well, you don't have kids, so you can't say anything about parenting. Like, I had parents and. I've never been president of the United States, but I got opinions about that. I never played in the NBA, but I got opinions about that. So, like, I don't think you have to have done something in order to have an opinion on it. I I'm just talking about degrading the guy because he's there being happy for his son and correct. for his son. Correct. You know, don't, don't, don't discourage the guy because he's excited for his kid. That and I'm and with like you, you with. Just said. And like you just said, the other kids that are there – I guarantee you, if you ask every kid on that team, they love him being there and cheering for them on the sideline. Well, and Bill, thank you for the call. There's tons of examples of it all over Instagram. They think it's pretty cool that LeBron James is a big fan of their team. Shocking. They think it's pretty cool being able to throw the ball to LeBron in a layup line occasionally. I would, too. Like... He's taking attention away from those kids. You really think kids hate being in the background of a LeBron James Instagram video? Like, that's your take? That is that is a crazy, crazy thing. I don't really get it. 855-212-4CBS. Brian in Jacksonville. You're on CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Brian? 
at least this is a relevant topic, unlike the uh, last one you had on uh, and Carmelo. He's, he's not relevant. This is relevant, and I agree with you. I think Whitlock and, and Bayless are definitely wrong. Uh, let's face it, uh, LeBron James is the most high-profile, and I believe the guy's got cameras on him 24 hours a day almost, right? But I believe that he's trying to be a good father, and, and uh, he's not – it was not about him, even though that's the case they were trying to make. So, but uh, at least he, he is relevant. I don't agree with LeBron as far as his politics, but I, I do agree uh, with what you've said about it. Uh, but let's face it, you're in a nasty, nasty business, and ratings is what it's about. But but it comes down to credibility, and I don't consider Whitlock credible, nor Skip Bayless ever being credible. Listen, neither do I, and you're right about our business. It's um, it's about ratings. Listen, it's about not only is it about ratings, it's about standing out. Uh, so I appreciate the call. You're right. I've said this before, and I used to on an old show I had in uh, in Kansas City. I should maybe bring the segment back. I did this thing called uh, what do we call it? It, it was ba- it was basically hot take generator like it's really easy to say something sensationalistic for effect to stand out if you're willing to have no integrity and just be a troll it's not hard it's really easy and so like Whitlock was getting a lot of criticism and a lot of backlash and he changes his picture to Avon Barksdale on Twitter and is like, you're welcome, sports media. I've programmed your shows. And listen, to an extent, he's right. He's given me some content here. But it's like uh, Will McAvoy in the newsroom. I want to be on a mission to civilize here. Like, my industry should just be above it. Like, yeah, he got some retweets. He got some social media impressions. He was slightly more relevant on the internet for a couple of hours, a couple of days last week. But is that cost worth a piece of your soul? It just, it feels grimy. It feels unnecessary. It feels mean. Like that's not winning you a Peabody. It's not winning you an Emmy. It's not winning you a Pulitzer. It's not journalism. It's not anything important. So just like stick to the criticism of the athlete and the sports and the free agency and the chances of winning. You just don't bring his merits as a father into it. I was just very upset. Like, cause that was the thing. It was, it's one thing for the segment to happen. It was another thing for them to do follow-ups on it. And it's just clearly be okay. Like, no one seems to have any sort of problem with that being appropriate content and fodder. That's just nuts. Like that just, I don't know when that happened in my business, but the idea of not just about ratings, but standing out, like, oh, everyone has a take on Anthony Davis joining the Lakers. So a lot of them get lost in the noise because there's Twitter and Instagram and radio, and TV, and blog posts, and all these things, and podcasts. So it's really hard to have a unique opinion that stands out. But if you're like, the Lakers got worse by adding Anthony Davis. 
people will be, oh, wow, like that'll get a lot of retweets and there'll be a lot of people calling you a clown and, you know, you'll stand out. But you'll stand out for totally idiotic reasons. But at least that's sports. I always say this, like, if you are a little bit of a troll or a hot take artist or sensationalistic with sports, I don't do my show that way. But it's ultimately harmless, right? Like, if you're just loud wrong about, like, if you said, um, you know, oh, Bucky Brooks this past week, he's like, he's like, Aaron Rodgers is overrated. He's not a top five quarterback. And he cited win-loss record in his last 50 games. To me, that is an idiotic argument. But it got him some clicks. It made him stand out in a slow time in the sports calendar. It drove some traffic to NFL.com or wherever he's employed. And you move on. It's like, do I respect it? No. But does it make me mad? No. Because it's just sports. It's a guy's, it's a guy's list of quarterbacks. This is about something that actually matters. Fatherhood in the black community. A child. A family. It just feels wrong and it shouldn't be acceptable, but it was promoted as a three-day story and it was embraced. So it just, it really pissed me off. In Minnesota, Troy is on CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Troy? I just wanted to say that I agree 100% that it makes me frustrated because you look at how many of those kids don't have fathers that they go home and tell that LeBron James came to their game and was dunking, you know, that'd be a story they're going to tell the rest of their lives. Well, it's just, it's just, it's just a damned if he does damned if he doesn't. Right. So he's at the game and if he's on his phone, not cheering LeBron's disinterested. If he's not at the game, Oh, LeBron's not involved with the kids. If he's at the game and he's cheering, Oh, LeBron's too over the top. It's like, you're just, you're just like criticizing LeBron gets ratings. So I'm going to go and do it. It's just wrong. Yeah, And I think the best point you made was the racial part. If Tom Brady's doing that, Nobody's going to say anything, or they're going to say, how great, oh, look at how involved Tom Brady is. And I think LeBron James is like a perfect example of a great father, and he seems to be living, by all accounts, you know, a solid family. He's been married, he's had kids, he's been raising them, and he's been involved. And I don't know why we need to criticize that, just because he's LeBron. Exactly. It's beyond the Paul. It really is. People want to weigh in on the sports parenting aspect of the conversation. We'll give them a chance to do it. And then a little bit later on, what's the next evolution in football? Because one coach says his team is going to be the one leading the charge. We'll get into that coming up. More of your reaction next. It's the Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio. Now back to the Danny Parkin Show. And I appreciate you listening to the Danny Parkin Show on CBS Sports Radio and Radio.com Sports. The telephone number around here. Our toll-free line is 855-212-4227, and it's brought to you by GEICO. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. We're discussing the merits of critiquing LeBron James's sports parenting. I find it absurd and over the line. Many of you seem to agree, but... There is a cottage industry in criticizing LeBron and somehow being the involved, exuberant sports parent 
is a negative to some people trying to be different. It's sad, man. few more calls on this. Mark in Houston is on CBS Sports Radio. Mark, what's up, man? I appreciate you calling. Danny, how you doing, brother? Good. Good, man. Hey, man, so, you know, real quick, man, LeBron's not a bad guy, right? In my opinion, um, he's the GOAT. It's LeBron, it's Mike, and it's Kobe, right? And um, But my deal is, is, you know, his kid's good. And I and I I can appreciate LeBron for wanting to be involved and whatnot, and I just think you know and and don't get me wrong, Bill Curry was not the player LeBron is hell of a player, but he's not the goat, right? Uh, he, he sits back and he lets his kid do his thing through high school, college, and in the pros. And I mean, I I think that LeBron's trying to warrant attention to him. I'm probably wrong, but I mean, let these kids. I mean, sponsor the kids' teams, spend the money. Find the sneakers, do whatever you got to do. But hey, you know what? When it, when it comes time to be on the court, let the kids play. You know, you don't have to jump up and down and jump onto the court and lose a shoe. But who does it harm? It, it doesn't, man. But I, it's, it, I just, in my opinion, man, um, I just think he's just trying to draw attention to themselves. Give the attention to the kids. We all know who you are. You know, let them play. Get up the court. You know, keep keep doing, keep being a good parent like he's doing. But just let you know, let the let the kids get the attention, man. I mean, that's and that's all I'm trying to say. I don't want to start I, an argument or anything. I'm just no, no, no. I and just, I, I, I don't, just, I don't. You're coming at it respectfully. I don't want to start an argument with you. But do you, would you even know about LeBron's kids' team if it wasn't for LeBron on Instagram promoting his team? You know what, man? I, I probably, I probably wouldn't. I mean, I, I'm not on, I'm not really on social media, so I, I, I am on Twitter, and I just, I, I, I'm on Twitter because I like to read what the athletes are doing, and like. Well, sure, no, but you, but you understand my point. Like you're like, you're like, he's taking attention away from the kids when the reality right. is you wouldn't not, you wouldn't even know about, you wouldn't know LeBron James's son played basketball if it wasn't for LeBron James. Well, here's the deal: he's LeBron James's son. If he's that good. He's going to get known. He's going to get noticed, right? And they're going to say, "Hey, that's LeBron James's son." After sure. AAU, after AAU, and into uh, hopefully into the a D one school, and 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 God and God willing, into the pros like his dad. He wants to play with his, his dad. Wants to play with his boys. That's with his kids. That's fine. But that's what I'm saying. Let let the let the process work itself, right? And you don't have to sit there and say because you're going to have some D one guy, some coach. But all right, and, you know, that's LeBron James's son right there. I got to bring him aboard, and he may not be that good in taking a scholarship away from somebody else who may be well, more deserving just because he's not LeBron James's son, right? Well, hold on. I mean, now we've extrapolated things out very far into the future that. 14-year-old sure. Bronny James has now taken a scholarship from someone who didn't deserve it. Like, let, Let's cross that bridge when out, we get man. there. My, my, Michael, J- Michael Jordan's son had to go to Central Florida to play basketball, so no one's given sure. scholarships to guys who, who aren't deserving of it. But what about the merits of the conversation? Like, is, is the criticism itself appropriate? Should we be commenting on LeBron James's behavior on the sidelines of an AAU basketball game and his involvement with his kids. Well, I think he needs to be a little more, he, he, I mean, I, I get him being excited. His kid's a hell of a player, but you know, the fact that you're jumping on the court, losing shoes, you're disrupting the game and taking attention away from the game uh, to these kids who are a hell of a, hell of a basketball player, right? They're all good players and they're AAU kids 
and this guy's jumping onto the court, losing a shoe, and, you know, and everybody's on Twitter and social media talking about him. Hey, let the kids get the attention, right? Right. I mean, no, listen, I, we made that point. I appreciate it. He, the kids like it. I just can't overstate that enough. They're, all of their Instagram posts are available. There have been articles written about it. The kids enjoy it. LeBron participates in drills with them. He's in group text. He's commenting on Instagram posts, uh, encouraging them, giving them motivation. He's the involved sports dad, except he's the involved sports dad who's arguably the greatest player in the history of the sport. So he kind of has credibility on the issue. There was a video of him having a shooting contest with one of the kids. There was a video. There's the the uh, written report from Complex of him telling the kid, "I hope that I'm still in the NBA when you make it." Who is on the other team, and the kid breaks down crying. There's just there are no examples of any of these kids having any problem with it. The only people who have had problems with it are talking heads on TV. If anyone could point to any example of any child having any issue with LeBron James dunking in the layup line before the game at an AAU game of 14-year-olds, it's a different conversation. But it does not exist. And imagine you're 14, playing Little League, and Mike Trout comes in, playing Pop Warner, and... J.J. Watt comes in, playing basketball, and Michael Jordan comes in. I mean, that's what this is. The idea that a 14-year-old kid wouldn't think it's cool to be on the floor with LeBron James is just totally absence of logic. Absence of logic. Excuse my syntax problem there. It's just... It's a really odd hill to die on. And frankly, I thought my industry was better than it, which definitely was my mistake. I want to discuss the next evolution of football as all these NFL teams are getting ready to debut their preseason. And everyone's talking about hype and expectations. Where we think the league is going next, because one coach said, they're going to be leading the frontier, and it's probably not who you expected. We'll get into that coming up. Now back to the Danny Parkin Show. All right, thanks for hanging out on the Danny Parkin Show. It's CBS Sports Radio, Sirius 206, radio.com sports. 855-212-4227 is the number. I love having conversations about what's coming next because... It's about projection and it's about spinning things forward. And I always love the evolution of sports, right? Like things just change. Um, There's so many examples of analytics changing sports. And this isn't a numbers thing, but like in basketball, they figured out that three was worth more than two. It's really high end stuff. But so they started taking more three pointers, right? That started in 2013 and now there's team shooting 40 plus threes a game pretty soon we'll have a team shooting 50 plus threes a game in the NBA we are in the three-point era of the NBA in baseball launch angle home runs shockingly we've learned very valuable try to elevate the baseball it's a good thing and if that leads to more strikeouts it's okay so strikeouts walks home runs get on base hit the ball over the wall 
So base hits goes down, ball and play goes down, but home runs go up. That uppercut swing to elevate the ball, you're susceptible to the high fastball, so there's more strikeouts, the whole thing. So we can watch the evolution of sports. As the NFL is getting ready to launch its next season, I want to talk about where you think the league is going. And I'll give you a few specifics, but the reason I'm interested in this is because John Harbaugh, I think one of the best coaches in the NFL, certainly top 10, maybe top 5, he backed up something that Brian Billick, former coach of the Ravens, said on NFL Network. Brian Billick said that he expects the Ravens offense to look unlike anything that he's ever seen in the NFL, and John Harbaugh said he was right. He said, I would kind of agree with that. I really do. Harbaugh was then informed, this is from Pro Football Talk, that Cam Newton's career high for quarterback rushing attempts is 139 carries. And Harbaugh said that Lamar Jackson is going to run the ball more than that. I'd bet the over on that one. I'd bet the over for sure. Harbaugh suggested the Ravens may help usher in a new era of offensive football, much like the Niners did in the 1980s. Quote, the game was probably revolutionized with Bill Walsh and Joe Montana, Harbaugh said. What's the next era going to be? We're about to find out. End quote. So what do we think is next in the NFL? 855-212-4227. I got a couple of things, and then I want to hear from you. I don't think we're at the ceiling yet of RPOs. Run pass options. Last year, by most accounts, some sites track it differently. Philadelphia led the league in RPOs. Kansas City was high up there. The Bears were high up there. Carolina was high up there. Honestly, play action off the RPO is a big Andy Reid thing. All of those teams that are up in the top five have coaches off the Andy Reid tree. I saw this thing from Football Outsiders that said the Bears, of their play-action passes last year, 24% of them were RPOs, highest in the NFL. Play-action pass, RPO, is a huge thing. Basically, if you don't know, run-pass option, it's the ball is snapped, and there are kind of two simultaneous plays happening Some of the linemen are blocking for a run if the run's going to be to the right, and some of them are blocking to the pass if the primary pass might be to the left. The quarterback reads the defense, maybe reads a linebacker, reads a corner, and based on that one read to that one side, decides, all right, we're going to run this way or we're going to pass this way. And so it's more effective with mobile quarterbacks, but also valuable with just good running teams and then you could do play action out of it. So, like, for example, uh, Pittsburgh, Ben Roethlisberger's not going to run a lot, but they run a high percentage of play action off of RPO because they have a good running game, and Ben Roethlisberger's a great play action passer. I don't think we're anywhere near the ceiling of that yet. What will be interesting is how quickly and if it's possible for defenses to catch up. That'll be the determining factor of are RPOs a couple of year fad like the Wildcat? Or if it's just new football and it's here to stay 
and the numbers that the Bears or the Eagles or the Chiefs ran last year, five years from now, will be the bottom of the NFL and RPOs, and those numbers are going to keep increasing. The basketball equivalent to that would be the uh, Mike D'Antoni, seven seconds or less, Phoenix Suns, with Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire, second Amari Stoudemire reference of the show tonight. For all of you listening the entire night, appreciate you. Didn't expect that tonight. The seven seconds or less Phoenix Suns with Sean Marion and Amari and Steve Nash and Mike D'Antoni would have been the slowest-paced NBA team last year. But they were so ahead of the curve with pace that there was a book written about them. That was a trend that was there to stay in the NBA. We don't know yet if RPOs are going to be a trend to stay here in the NFL. So that's one. Two things that I think we are nowhere near the peak of in the NFL. Two-point conversions and fourth down attempts. I don't think we are close. According to a story I read in the Washington Post, teams went for two about 11% of the time last year after touchdowns, which was up dramatically year over year from the season before, where it was about 8%. The math on this is pretty simple. But given that an extra point is no longer a 99 point whatever percent certainty, it's still a very high likelihood at 33 yards, but as opposed to 20 yards, it's a little less likely. Since the extra point is less likely, you only need to convert your two-point attempts about 46-47% of the time for the expected value over the long run to be higher going for two than kicking an extra point. So all it will take is an analytic-minded coach in front office with a good offense to say, we can get two yards more than 46% of the time, so therefore, if we do it every time, we'll score more points. Now, when I say every time, I don't mean literally every time. Obviously, if there's four seconds left in a game, you score a touchdown to make it 20-20, you're going to kick the extra point as opposed to going for two. So I don't mean literally every time, but first quarter going for two, first half going for two, taking the lead, making yourself go up three scores instead of two to go for two, those sort of things. I think you're going to see way more of it this year. So if it went from 8% to 11%, maybe we'll be at 15% this year. Like I think that is going to go up steadily and for a while. The two-point conversion. And then... Same type of logic for fourth downs. Which team in the NFL, actually forget which team, what was the number of fourth down attempts for the team in the NFL in 2018 that had the most fourth down attempts in the entire league? I want you to think of a number. 16 games. Which team attempted a fourth down the most times, and how many did they do it? You got your number? You got your guess? The New Orleans Saints went for it on fourth down 29 times. That's less than two a game. They converted 48%. Some teams converted as high 
as 76.9%. That would be the Atlanta Falcons, but they only attempted 13 fourth down attempts. The lowest that I see is 25%. The Jaguars attempt uh, converted 3 of 12 fourth down attempts. I expect that number to skyrocket. Now, the teams that did it the most, Saints, Bears, Chiefs. Offensive coach, offensive coach, offensive coach. Two of the three had great quarterbacks. But the teams with good quarterbacks, the teams with offensive coaches, the teams with innovative offensive coaches and aggressive play callers, they're going to lead the league in terms of fourth downs and two-point conversions. So 855-212-4CBS. You're following your team maybe closer than I am in terms of your training camp. What do you think is the next evolution in the NFL? What's going to change? What are we going to say? Wow, they're doing this today. This is commonplace. Every team does it. And five years ago, it would have seemed insane. Because John Harbaugh says his team's going to do it. And you know what? The last time we saw Lamar Jackson, he did not really look like an NFL passer. But he had his moments. And if you watched him at Louisville, he was the scariest player in the country to play against, including Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson was better and had more talent around him and got the best of him when they played, but that was one of the greatest college football games I've ever seen, that Louisville-Clemson game. Lamar Jackson is amazing in the right offense, and if he can, you know, at Louisville, everyone was open all the time. Like he had brilliant coaching was a brilliant talent and there was no defense played. So he was just shredding like Kentucky and and teams like that. It was, it was just a bloodbath. Those ACC schools. It it was just, it was unfair. It was a cheat code, but the NFL is looking more and more like college every day. So if Lamar Jack, let's say, Let's assume Lamar Jackson's healthy. Right? Like let's I'm going to pull up the I'm going to pull up NFL passing stats from last year. Let's say Lamar Jackson is healthy and plays 16 games, which is a huge if because if he's going to run the ball 140 plus times, that's obviously going to make him susceptible to getting hurt. But let's say he has the 20th number of pass attempts in the NFL. So he plays 16 games, so he compiles a lot of them, but he's below average in amounts throwing because they're going to be more of a running team and he's going to run the ball. So let's say Lamar Jackson is 20th in the NFL in pass attempts. 20th in the NFL in pass attempts last year was Russell Wilson with 427. And then let's say that John Harbaugh is right and he breaks Cam Newton's record for rushing attempts by a quarterback. Cam Newton's career high was 139. So let's say Lamar Jackson runs the ball 150 times and throws the ball 430. That'd be about 580 plays. So that, right, 580 plays where the ball's in his hands, which is totally reasonable. Patrick Mahomes threw the ball 580 times last year, seventh in the NFL. So it's absolutely possible that a quarterback 
is charged with doing it 580 to 600 times, right? Roethlisberger threw it 675, Luck 639, Ryan 608. So if Lamar Jackson is healthy and runs the ball 150 times and throws it 430, that could be really damn special if he learned how to throw the ball. I'm here for it. I'm here for that version of the NFL. Hey, the quarterback's cheap. We want to use him as a runner early in his career. He can develop as a passer later. Uh, If I'm a Bills fan, I'd be interested in that with Josh Allen. If I'm a Bears fan, I'm interested in that with Mitch Trubisky. If I'm a, um, you know, Eagles fans, probably Carson Wentz has mobility and strength, but the injury risk. If I'm a Browns fan, I'm interested in that with Baker Mayfield and obviously a Ravens fan with Lamar Jackson. So the run pass option quarterback RPOs skyrocketing. I think we're nowhere near the peak of fourth down attempts. I think we're nowhere near the peak of going for it for two. That's where I am on what football is going to look like. Now, I think it is going to continue to change. And I talked to Matt Nagy at Bears training camp last week. He was on my show, and he said they absolutely had some things. He was I was talking to him about being aggressive and innovative and progressive, and he said that he absolutely has some wrinkles this year that he thinks are new. He just wasn't willing to share them. So it's coming. These offensive masterminds are thinking of it. Let's try to think of it together, what it's going to be. You know my ideas. Raphael, Matt, others, you guys, where is football going? Where is it going to change? What's the next evolution of NFL football? Because, baby, the season's finally here. We hear from you on where this great league is going next on the Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.